Welcome to Everything EFL Podcast. My name's Erin O'Byrne, and I absolutely love sharing my knowledge with you, my darling teacher, and helping you build not only community, but your students' confidence. I truly believe that a positive frame of mind is essential for your students to learn. There's also a bunch of other teachy stuff thrown in for good measure too. Are you ready? Let's go. Hello, you gorgeous teacher. If you're one of my lovely regular listeners, welcome back. If you're a brand new listener to Everything EFL Podcast, you're most welcome. I hope you stick around. Before we get started, I just want to tell you I've reached 11,000 downloads. Ah, I'm so excited. I'm growing, kids. I'm growing. But I want to grow more, okay? So if you want to help me out with this, you can do a few things. Really simple. Doesn't take any time. You can share any of my stories or my posts on any of your social media platforms. You can recommend the podcast to your colleagues over a cup of tea in the staff room. You can also email me and ask for a poster that you can put up in your staff room as well. Or you can simply share an episode. Share this one if you like. Because I can say with confidence that quite a few things in this episode are going to resonate with you, if not everything. All right, so this summer I've had a lot of teachers coming over, especially from Spain, Italy, the Czech Republic, to do a little bit of continuous professional development, and I've been doing sessions with them. And I've had lots of conversations with them, and there seems to be a lot of common ground regardless of the age they're teaching, the school they're teaching at, or the country they're teaching in. Teachers are burnt out. They're mentally and physically exhausted. They're completely overwhelmed with everything they have to do. They have high expectations of themselves. They feel like they're under enormous pressure to get their students to pass their exams. They're expected to deliver a lot of content and the students are somehow expected to absorb and, in quotation marks, learn, and then in turn naturally, easily and correctly produce this language. They spend too much time planning. They try to deliver, again, in quotes, perfect lessons. A lot of their students are unmotivated, they don't want to or they fear speaking. Some of them don't see the point of learning at all and, you know, this can be very, very disheartening. There's a lack of understanding from parents, you know, they're wondering why their kids didn't pass their exams or why they're failing or whatever. They're dealing with mixed abilities and neurodivergence and a lot of the times they're not equipped for this. Does any of this sound familiar? It sounds pretty bleak, I know, but this is the reality for a lot of teachers, especially mainstream school teachers. And it's such a shame because, you know, you get into teaching because you have a love for the language and you want to share that with your students and you have a love of teaching, but you're so restricted by things like the syllabus and time and behavior and motivation and all these other things. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I have all the answers, kids, but I do think that as teachers, we have to change our way of thinking and there are certain things we just have to accept and some things we probably won't or can't change. So here we go. First thing, guys, this might be difficult to hear. You're not a perfect teacher. No one is. Why? It's an impossible bloody notion. If you think of everything that you are supposed to do, again, in inverted commas, or you would want to do, you know, it's impossible. Let me just, you know, here's just a little list of some of the things we have to consider when planning a lesson. Okay, it has to be engaging. We have to deal with neurodivergence or mixed abilities. We have to deal with possible behaviour issues. We have to anticipate problems. We have to pre-teach vocabulary. What's that going to be? 
What are the pronunciation issues? Scaffolding, staging, timing, planning, finding the time to plan and write, building community, mindset. I'm pretty sure I haven't listed everything. But the point is, you can't always do it all the time. So stop trying. And I don't mean give up completely. Um, I just mean giving up trying to be perfect. The pressure that you're putting under yourself is unreasonable and it's unrealistic. Like I said in episode 87, trust in the skills you have and try to give a good quality lesson. No more. Now, if you visited Dublin this summer and you were in one of my professional development classes, and I know some of you are listening, you're going to recognise what I'm going to say. This isn't a Hollywood movie. You won't reach every student, okay? Building community takes time, but it doesn't mean all the students will respond to it. Not immediately, anyway. Not in the way you want. So don't beat yourself up about it. As long as you're trying, it's enough. And that kind of segues nicely into my next point. If you don't have the time or spend the time building your relationships, trust, community with your students, you're not going to get much out of them. Now, if you're saying to me, yeah, but I don't have time, because I've heard that before from teachers, I think you need to ask yourself, I'm spending, what, 10 months with these individuals? Maybe some content needs to be sacrificed to build and work on the student's mindset. Please let it be reported speech. I often hear that the first day of term in mainstream schools is, you know, basically spent saying, this is what we're going to do this year. What a waste of time. You should be playing games. You should be asking questions, getting to know your students and more importantly, letting them get to know each other. Okay, another thing, you're probably, again, in a mainstream school setting more than anything, you're probably not going to get all of that content that you're supposed to do delivered and get students speaking and using the language correctly. Your brain just doesn't work like that. I was only telling my students today because we were doing some difficult grammar. Learning is a process and it takes time. Students need time to reflect, process the information. They need repetition. They need review. They need sort of exposure in, you know, YouTube videos and TikTok videos and, and movies and whatever, you know. And sometimes we just don't have the time to repeat and review and do everything we want to do in order for our students to speak as well as we want them to. Now, you could say that's what that is, but I would say if this is the case for you, Maybe it's time to make some tough decisions and decide what the students need as a minimum and choose quality over quantity. I think I said this before a couple of podcasts ago. What's better, teaching a few things well or, you know, teaching them everything on the syllabus and giving your students cognitive overload? What is that going to lead to? It's only going to lead to stress and anxiety, not just for the students, for you as well. And guess what? No learning's going to take place. As soon as stress and anxiety hits your student's brain, it's going to shut down. They're not going to learn anything. Another thing, you'll always spend too much time planning, especially if you're a new teacher. And if you want to try and be, again, quotes, perfect teacher, accept the fact you'll spend far too much time planning. There are a few things you can do. Um, first of all, you can check out episode 85. Um, but there are things like, you know, the, that dead time in class when your students are doing like a grammar exercise or they're doing a bit of writing or something like that, you can do a few corrections. You'd be surprised how much this helps. It really, really does. Or, you know, possibly sketch out your lesson plan for the next day or something like that. There are little things you can do inside the classroom while your students are busy. But like I said, if you want to be perfect, you're going to spend hours and hours planning and you need to ask yourself, is it worth it? 
Another thing, and again, this might be hard to swallow, but I think we have to accept that some students just aren't interested in learning the language. Now, I always say, you know, getting your students' peers to talk about the things that they've read and they've watched and, you know, making recommendations and stuff like that, that's probably the best way through this. You, you can't force them, though. You can't force them to read anything, to watch anything, to study. You just can't. And in episode 81, when I talked to the lovely Jason Levine, um, he, he he made a really good point. He said that most kids who are already into the language, they, they kind of get hooked incidentally, like through, you know, really liking um, a particular song or a particular artist or possibly online computer games. Again, all you can do is try. That's enough. Here's one that some people might not agree with. Well, part A, I think you can agree with this. Grammar rules are boring. Part B, what do you reckon? I say grammar rules don't work. They generally don't produce real conversational language, but we cling to them, as do our students. They're a security blanket. They're a safety net. We, with their safety and comfort in rules. But, you know, I would say narrow your focus and teach some useful chunks or institutionalised phrases that are connected to the grammar point. So, for example, if you're doing present perfect, have you seen my blank or I've never blanked before? Um, and, you know, this goes back to, you know, too much content, cognitive load, narrow your focus, teach your students a few useful things. Now, if you want to know a bit more about this, um, I actually just spoke at the EL TED conference in Dublin on Saturday and they um, filmed me and put it on Instagram Live. So I'm going to put the link to the show notes just to sort of give you some food for thought about what it means to actually narrow your focus. Okay, I think you'll agree with this one, guys. Some students won't, don't, or can't speak. What I would say to you is don't get frustrated. Try to understand where this fear or this lack of motivation is coming from, and that's the starting point. Your job is to make them feel safe, make them feel comfortable, and make them feel like it's okay to make mistakes and that's a natural part of the learning process. Could you, especially if you're a non-native speaker, but um, I do think that most EFL or English teachers have at least another language, um, can you share your anecdotes of your language learning experience? It will make you more relatable as well and that's always a good thing. Okay, next one. I, I do feel like I'm the bearer of bad news here, but here we go. Um, there's no one size fits all lesson or methodology. Some students will struggle. Some will find it boring. Some just will be disruptive. But here's the thing. It goes back to that, you know, time planning and trying to be the perfect teacher. You have to draw the line somewhere. Just do your best. I think the key is, again, building those relationships. Um, and that means your students will probably do like the more boring stuff um, without less of a struggle or a fight. But also engaging your students. So making everything you do relevant and relatable. OK, do you have disruptive students? If you do, you need to accept the fact that disruption may happen. You can't control what happens to you, but you can control your reaction. Have you heard that before? Now, if your normal reaction, whatever that may be, is proving to be ineffective, then maybe you need to adopt a more flexible approach. Now, I'm going to explore this a little bit more in an episode coming up um, this year, before the end of this year, with an expert on student behaviour. We're going to delve more into it. But basically, adopting a more flexible approach, okay? So if you go in thinking... I'm going to do this, right? Or if he does this, I'm going to say this. And it doesn't go your way. That just leads to high stress 
for you. It's going to ruin your lesson, probably ruin your day. You'll go home pissed off and thinking about that. Okay. So, you know, if going into the lesson with this, it's my way or the highway doesn't work, how else could you react? You know, can you can you recognize any signs before a disruption? Uh, is there any way of preventing it before it happens? Can you limit the fallout from it? But the key to reducing your stress level here is don't go in with a fixed idea of how this scenario with a certain student is going to go. OK, that's it. <laughs> I'm not going to give you any more bad news. <laughs> I think I've given you plenty to sort of chew on. But um, I do want you to ask yourself some questions. OK. First one, how long do I spend planning? Do I think it's too long? And can I cut it down? Again, listen to episodes 85 and 87 there for some help. What's the worst thing that will happen if I do cut down my planning time? Am I afraid to go in the classroom or do I trust my skills? The next question is, how much pressure are you putting on yourself? Are your expectations of yourself realistic? Is it stressing you out? Are you beating yourself up about anything that's happening in class or not happening in class? What's the next step? How do you relieve that? Next one, do you have a good relationship with your students? Is time one of the reasons why you haven't maybe spent so much time building these relationships? Can you make time? Can you make your tasks in class more personalised so students can connect with the material and also share something of themselves? And how much of yourself are you willing to share with your students? Next, do you have a hard time doing all the content on your syllabus? Do you feel like you're doing quantity over quality? Is it stressing you out? Is it stressing your students out? Is there anything you can sacrifice? Again, reported speech. How can you ease the cognitive load on your students? Next question, which students seemingly don't have an interest in learning the language? Can you identify the students who are into the language um, and you compare those students together? Could you ask the students who maybe don't have an interest on the surface, do they have a favourite song in English or a movie? Um, do they want to talk about it? Do they want to play the song in class? The next one, how do your students react when you do grammar? Would you like to change the way you approach grammar yourself? Are you interested in a more lexical approach? Have you listened to episodes 60, 61, 62, 72 and 84? I'll say those again. 60, 61, 62, 72 and 84. Another question. Are some students reluctant to speak? Have you found out why? How can you build trust with them? Again, who can they work with? Do you do any or enough mindset, mindfulness, positivity or confidence building with them? And how can you incorporate that into your lessons? OK, I do realise that uh, this episode is a lot. <laughs> There's been a lot of information coming away and hopefully a lot of questions that you can ask yourself. But keep in touch with me, guys. You know, does any of this resonate with you? What's your biggest issue or problem or pain point as a teacher? What would you like to change about the way you approach things? What do you think you can change? As usual, guys, 
keep in touch, follow me on the social medias, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, help me grow a little bit more, have a safe and peaceful week, look after yourselves and share the love. Bye. (laughs) 